Tomorrow is Inauguration Day, and Jenna, you had a chance to speak to somebody who a lot of people haven't heard from or didn't even know existed, soon to be first daughter, Ashley Biden. Yeah, that's right. For the most part, Ashley Biden prefers to stay out of the spotlight. As a social worker, she spends most of her time fighting for criminal justice reform. But tomorrow, she'll join her family at our nation's capital to watch her dad, President-elect Joe Biden, be sworn in as our nation's 46th president. I caught up with Ashley and her nieces to find out how they're feeling this moment. Well, I will not have a job with the administration. I will, however... Welcome to Cossack Radio this evening. That I have been given to we have the diaries confirmed. For social justice. So on Wednesday, yes, when you were standing in front of the Capitol... Here's a little puff piece from about a year and a half ago. Gratitude, hope, joy, pride. I know Bowie will be there with us. Little Bowie. A really beautiful special moment. Little Bowie Not Biden. For our family, but for the country. Bowie is Ashley's brother, Bo Biden, who lost his battle with brain cancer in 2015. He was 46 when he passed. Dad will be the 46th president. And I remember when we were South Carolina that night and we went and found a small community church. The song that that um, reminds Dad of Bo is He Will Raise You Up on Eagle's Wings. And all of a sudden, on the speakers, it, it is the song, and He Will Raise You Up on Eagle's Wings. Dad and I looked at each other, started bawling, hugged. Your dad suffered a tragedy before you were born, losing his wife. And if you guys haven't had a chance yet, check out my Joe Biden a career in the dark arts video. I called this out over a year ago, just about a year ago. To feel others' pain and to comfort. We have a rule still, you know, today that no matter where dad is, no matter what meeting he's in, if one of the kids call, you have to get him out. It's no secret family has always been a priority for the president-elect. It's no secret he's always had a very weird family. At his inauguration, his grandchildren. Maisie, is it true that he calls all the time, that your pop calls you guys constantly? He literally (laughs) calls, not just like one of us every few days. He calls me, then he calls Naomi, then he calls Finn, (laughs) then he calls Natalie, then he calls Ashley. People might think like, no, he was vice president. Like he couldn't go to games or concerts or any of that he was at everything that he could make it to and it was always funny like seeing him show up when i was like i think i just saw you on tv about 30 <laughs> minutes ago how did you just end up here and he was like don't worry I- and right there is just a little snippet like ashley biden has been in the background for a long time but she cannot escape it today welcome to cosmic radio i'm the host of america unhinged podcast cosmic Rotter. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Don't forget to hit that like, comment, share, subscribe button. Always hit the reminder, the little bell button up there to make sure that you see everything as it happened. But we have breaking news this weekend. All weekend, there's just been so much news I can't keep my head straight. Between the Astroworld debacle, a topic near and dear to my heart, the Phoenix Suns, Kanye West, Marilyn Manson, and now we got the Bidens again using the FBI to squash their political enemies. And we got a lot of shady shit going on this evening. 
this is really unprecedented. People kind of, you know, I've told a couple of people about this today, so people understand how big of a deal it is, but some folks just kind of think they're like, well, what's the big deal? They shouldn't be stealing her diary. Like, I mean, not if they stole my diary, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, the FBI shouldn't be doing that, people. That is a problem for your local police department or school hall monitor. Why the fuck the FBI is actively going out and trying to squelch Project Veritas is very concerning. Let's check out this article right here before we see Project Veritas' official statement on the subject. This is from Jonathan Turley at jonathanturley.org. FBI raids Project Veritas writers over a missing Biden diary? There's a curious story out this weekend of reported FBI raids of writers or associates of Project Veritas, the conservative investigative journalism outfit. Project Veritas has been described variously as gonzo or guerrilla journalism, and some insist it was more of a political rather than a press organization. However, it fits the definition of journalism in my view, and that makes the raids troubling. All the more troubling is the cause, the missing diary of President Biden's daughter, Ashley. The New York Times reported the FBI searched two locations in New York in search of the, quote, stolen diary that went missing days before the 2020 presidential election. Project founder James O'Keefe questioned how the Times received the story within an hour of the first raid. O'Keefe says that the organization actually received a tip that the diary was abandoned in a room, an allegation that harkened back to the abandoned laptop of Hunter Biden. However, Ashley reportedly insisted it was stolen. The use of the FBI is also reminiscent of the still unexplained use of the FBI when Joe Biden was vice president to search for a gun owned by Hunter Biden that was discarded behind a restaurant. Veritas decided not to run the story because it could not verify the diary belonged to Biden. But with that, we're going to go ahead and let Project Veritas speak for themselves. Here is their rebuttal here on YouTube. You can watch it six and a half minutes. We're going to watch it here tonight. Let's see what you By guys By making say. this statement, I am putting myself at great risk because on November 4th, Project Veritas came under attack. I woke to the news that apartments and homes of Project Veritas journalists, or former journalists, had been raided by FBI agents. It appears the Southern District of New York now has journalists in their sights for the supposed crime of doing their jobs lawfully and honestly, or at least this journalist. I had to think long and hard before making this statement. It's a decision that only I can make. They don't want me to defend myself and immediately try to silence me. That's why the cover letter to the grand jury subpoena we received contains this language. Quote, the government hereby requests that you voluntarily refrain from disclosing the existence of the subpoena to any third party. While you are under no obligation to comply with our request, we are requesting you not to make any disclosure in order to preserve the confidentiality of the investigation and because the disclosure of the existence of this investigation might interfere with and impede the investigation, unquote. But while the Department of Justice requested us to not disclose the existence of the subpoena, something very unusual happened. Within an hour of one of our reporters' homes being secretly raided by the FBI, the New York Times, who we are currently suing for defamation, contacted the Project Veritas reporter to ask for comment. We do not know how the New York Times was aware of the execution of a search warrant at a reporter's home or the subject matter of the search warrant 
as a grand jury investigation is secret. The FBI took materials of current former Project Veritas journalists, despite the fact that our legal team does any of this make you ask questions so the far? Department of Justice and voluntarily conveyed unassailable facts that demonstrate Project Veritas's lack of involvement in criminal activity My cats are going nuts and in case or criminal intent. Like noise. any reporter, we regularly deal with the receipt of source information and take steps to verify its authenticity, legality, and newsworthiness. Our efforts were the stuff of responsible, ethical journalism, and we are in no doubt that Project Veritas acted properly at each and every step. However, it appears journalism itself may now be on trial. Late last year, we were approached by tipsters claiming that a copy of Yee. Ashley Biden's diary. We had never met or heard of the tipsters. The tipsters indicated the diary had been abandoned in a room in which Ms. Biden stayed at the time and in which the tipsters stayed in temporarily after Ms. Biden departed the room. The tipsters indicated that the diary included explosive allegations against then-candidate Joe Biden. Tipsters indicated that they this were negotiating well over a year a ago, so we're going to see for the payment of money. Alex Jones' video that he had the on this were represented last by year. Attorneys who handled the negotiations. Alex Jones was right. Veritas. We investigated the claims provided to us, as journalists do. We took steps to corroborate the authenticity of the diary. At the end of the day, we made the ethical decision that because, in part, we could not determine if the diary was real, if the diary, in fact, belonged to Ashley Biden or if the contents of the diary occurred, we could not publish the diary in any part thereof. We attempted to return the diary to an attorney representing Ms. Biden, but that attorney refused to authenticate it. Project Veritas gave the diary to law enforcement to ensure it could be returned to its rightful owner. We never published it. Now, Ms. Biden's father's Department of Justice, specifically the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, appears to be investigating the situation claiming the diary was stolen. We don't know if it was, but it begs the question, in what world is the alleged theft of a diary investigated by the president's FBI and his Department of Justice a diary? <laughs> this federal investigation smacks of policy. So crazy. Project Veritas never threatened or engaged in any illegal conduct. Should the Southern District of New York crazy. try to take away our First Amendment rights, and uncover and publish newsworthy stories without government intimidation, be assured Project Veritas will not back down. Nothing stops at Project Veritas. Let me be clear. Our mission is to serve the public's right to know by illuminating, revealing, exposing information others wish to hide for the wrong reasons. To quote Lord Acton, we believe everything kept in secret degenerates. We don't mislead or conceal. We investigate facts and potential newsworthy information. Sometimes, as was the case here, after we investigate, we decide not to publish a news story. The Project Veritas will run from nothing and we will hide from nothing. We exist for the very there purpose of us. discovering and revealing the there truth. We hope to make the world a more transparent place. Now, this is not the first time we've been attacked and it will not be the last. We know why. We've investigated powerful people, and in many ways, we are the very tip of the spear. But we never break the law. In fact, one of our ethical rules is to act as if there are 12 jurors on our shoulders all the time. And that truth, and the truth, will vindicate us. When the FBI in the Southern District of New York sees reporters' notebooks, it is not just an attack on Project Veritas. It is an attack on every American and our sacred right to free speech and a free press. 
The First Amendment is first for a reason. It guarantees all the other rights that follow because it's all about accountability. Without accountability, freedom itself is an illusion. So the great question is, is this an indicator in the direction that America is going? We've gone far beyond the point of partisan <clears throat> politics in this country. They ask us to focus on our divisions. They don't ask us to focus on the things which unite us. What unites us is so much more powerful than what divides us. The First Amendment doesn't just matter to people on one side. It matters to people on all sides. That is why I'm calling on all Americans, and especially all journalists, to stand with us for the right to free speech and the free press, and to send a message that the politics of fear will not prevail in the United States of America. There you go. Right there you have James O'Keefe's fiery retorts to the allegations against them on basically, I don't know what the FBI is accusing them of. They're just raiding the shit out of them. That's all that's happening right now. But let's go ahead and go to the article that came out last year that is behind all this. Let's see. I'm going to make sure there's not another video I need to show you right now. No, there's not. We'll go to the article that started all of this. It popped back up again this year, November 5th, obviously. But we'll show you some links that show you it goes back a full year, November 2020. Ashley Biden, trans after her diary describes probably not appropriate childhood showers with Joe confirmed legitimate. Why are they so terrified of the contents of Ashley Biden's diary? What did Joe do to those kids that fucked them up so badly? That's a quote somewhere. <clears throat> Ashley Biden is trending on Twitter following the verification of her diary that National File published last year, which included various scandalous details regarding her life, including, quote, not appropriate showers she took with her father Joe as a child. A week and a half before the 2020 election, National File broke the story after a Project Veritas whistleblower provided a digital copy of Ashley Biden's diary to journalist Patrick Halley. This has been contested a little bit in that video that we just saw, but more details are going to come, come forth in the days that come. Today, the FBI searched two addresses in New York related to Project Veritas in an apparent attempt to gain information about how the diary was acquired, admitting that Ashley Biden reported the diary stolen in the process when the story was then broken by the New York Times. The Project Veritas whistleblower told National File the diary was found at an address where Ashley Biden used to stay. Entries of the diary included the author revealing she believed she was sexually molested as a child that shared, quote, probably not appropriate, unquote, showers with their father. Some that detail the author's struggle with drug abuse and the author's crumbling marriage with multiple affairs, along with entries showing the family's fears of a potential scandal due to her brother's new home and those that show deep resentment for her father due to his money, control, and emotional manipulation. On Friday, this again was, what, the 5th? The New York Times published an article confirming that the FBI was investigating how the diary was obtained and it rated two addresses in New York in connection. Despite the fact that their story included no discussion of the contents of the diary itself, the story of the diary is now widely spread across the internet. As a result, Ashley Biden trended on Twitter, hitting at the time of writing the sixth spot of the trending list. 
Many conservatives and supporters of President Trump, you see how they're going to frame this, right, were quick to bring up a number of salient points, including why the FBI was investigating the theft of a book, something that John Cardillo highlighted would not even be picked up by, quote, local police. Representative Paul Gozer quizzing if the FBI were now the Biden's, quote, private security force, unquote, if the mainstream media would once again ignore the allegations included in the diary. This is just some tweets right here. I'm just scrolling down through. We're going to get to the main point of this really shortly. Don't you worry. We're going to go ahead and get to InfoWars. They did this article, October 27, 2020, and this video right here. We started it a little bit in, but, you know, it's everybody's favorite. It's Alex Jones. Alex Jones for the win. Infowars.com, ban.com. Let's see if he gets me banned. You know, he's always breaking the real news. Come on, baby. We'll just make sure this is working. It should work. A little bit of technical difficulties here. So funny. See his face frozen. Let me go ahead and stop the screen and reshare it. That's always a good thing to do. Okay, here we go. Don't worry. Don't worry, we got this coming up. Has huge information. Now, I made a few phone calls on this information and confirmed that indeed the story is being worked on by some of the biggest alternative news outlets in the country. Uh, but there is a lot of institutional pressure uh, to basically spike the report. Patrick Halley, through sources inside one of these other media organizations and a separate group that gave him the information, has been able to receive the purported, reported, alleged diary of presidential candidate of the Democratic Party, their nominee, Joe Biden. The diary has been posted to nationalfile.com. It's linked right now to infowars.com right now. Here is the headline, exclusive source, Biden's daughter's diary details not appropriate showers with Joe as a child. Now, that is a very, if this story's accurate a very weak headline but i understand why they did it in the reported purported go ahead and chat what do you think right now do you guys like alex alex jones do you hate him as well she says that she believes she was molested but has blacked out the memories this is all in here and, and look if this was just a regular guy we'd say oh, it's probably not true with all the history and all the connections we'll go over once we break this new story this is par for the course it's like a bird dog going after birds uh, or a seal going after fish, uh, I, or a fire department going to a fire. I, I mean, this is all over this family, all over the Clintons, all over Jeffrey Epstein. And remember, it just broke the Gasoline Maxwell, the pimp that worked for Epstein, in the new trial documents coming out, confirmed Bill Clinton did go to Epstein Island 
which all these witnesses said they saw, where children were raped or tortured. So Patrick Howley, who's been on this case for many, many years, is here with us right now to break down the latest developments. Patrick, thank you for joining us. Well, I wish this wasn't true. I I, I hope it's not true. Uh, and but But I mean, certainly this is being looked at. Tell us exactly what's unfolding here. Alex, this diary from Ashley Blazer Biden, the 39-year-old daughter of Joe Biden, uh, has been in circulation. A very credible whistleblower who has done some great things uh, gave it to me. Um, this uh, uh, alleged diary, this reported diary, um, shows that Ashley Blazer Biden is going through a lot of trauma in her life as a result of what she thinks uh, is molestation that happened to her as a child. She describes... We'll see if this gets stricken tomorrow. ...with her father, Joe Biden, that were not appropriate. Um, and you know, it just might be. ...to uh, a lot of other traumatic experiences. Uh, the author goes into to great detail about those traumatic experiences of growing up as a Biden. And this is shocking. This is stunning. This presents a window into the mind of this family and of the Democrat candidate, Joe Biden. Uh, this is a case where the whistleblower called up Ashley Biden on tape and got uh, confirmation that from her that this is indeed uh, her diary. And that is the information that's been given to me. There's a, obviously a ton of institutional pressure in order to try to suppress this, but I don't respond to institutional pressure because I believe that the American people need to know about this family and they need to know about the young woman who wrote this diary and what she alleges happened to her with her father. Well, what we know is this. Joe Biden in public can't keep his hands off of women and children, and has said some really crass, disgusting things. He's involved with the Clintons that are serious sex predators. <laughs> then he's involved with Obama and John Podesta and Tony Podesta with all of their history. And then the Clintons with the thousands of missing Haitian children associated. Oh, my God. There's just so much. On and, on. and then you've got Jeffrey Epstein. And then you've got the Nexium cult. You're one of the leading reporters who's broken... No exaggeration. Is it over, what, 100, 200? I don't know, Patrick, in the last five, six years about this group, other than uh, Breitbart and, 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 and maybe InfoWars. I mean, you've been the tip of the spear. Recap for people some of the background and why this just fits in to the MO that we continue to see from this group of people and why there's so many reports of pedophilia. I mean, where there's smoke, a lot of smoke, there is fire. Well, look, Alex, there is a very small club of elitists who rule our country, and they basically rule our world. And with what we saw with the Nexium case, where, by the way, Kirsten Gillibrand, the sitting New York senator, her that shit was weird, was employed by the Nexium cult. That's where he met Kirsten Gillibrand's stepmother, who is a member of the cult. And you hear about the satanic rituals that they were doing. She's were, a fucking um, politician. And sacrifice. I spoke to the relatives of women who disappeared or died as a result of what are we talking about? Which of course was illegally bundling money for Hillary Clinton. Claire Bronfman uh, wake up people before recently, I get canceled. The wake connections up to the Clintons. They were communicating with the Clintons through their emissary from Arkansas, Richard Mays. 
Um, when you look at what was going on with Epstein and Maxwell and the Maxwell family and the Bronchman family very close over the years, in fact, two of Ghislaine Maxwell's nephews worked in the Obama-Biden administration, including one in the Obama-Biden White House and including one in the State Department for Hillary Clinton overseeing the Middle East. When you look at Sarah Bronson and her role in sparking the Arab Spring and regime change in Libya, you begin to see the nexus of power and how this group of people, this cabal, this cult has been responsible for so much of the pain, so much of the heartache that humanity has been uh, forced to endure, that has been inflicted on us over the last 10, 20 years. Joe Biden is an integral part of this club. He is one of the elites. And if you look at what's going on with Hunter Biden, and if you look at what's going on with uh, this uh, woman who our whistleblower has uh, spoken to, Ashley Biden, who confirmed that she did, in fact, write uh, this diary. Um, and we're calling it the alleged diary at this time. And, the you know, we have the entire copy. This is over a year ago, by the way. The location of the diary itself, the physical diary. We have a whole lot of uh, tape recordings. And so, you know, it's going to be be very, very difficult uh, for the Biden campaign to try to move beyond this because what we're seeing is a really sick culture within the Biden family. And when we have hostile, sinister foreign powers like the Chinese, the Chinese especially, the Chinese Americans and bring down this country by influencing politicians here. And you look at the baggage that they Joe want Biden us Mexicans to fight the Chinese. The you realize that we cannot have this man. America would be destroyed if this man could be blackmailed as easily as he can be blackmailed while he's sitting in the Oval Office. Well, there's no doubt. And let's get into the diary itself because you published most of it at nationalfile.com just on Saturday afternoon. We appreciate you coming to us first exclusively uh, here. I know there's a lot of um, a media interested to cover this, but reading over this diary, I mean, it comes off as very credible. She's talking about, I've got drug problems. Because of what I went through, I think I was molested, but I'm not sure. I blacked out the memories. That's very consistent. So crazy. What a crazy story to break and be confirmed. Confirmed emails that are out. We'll put some on screen. I mean, Hunter is a piece of shit. Emails to his father saying, my niece can't come over anymore because I run around naked in front of her on crack. And he's saying this to his dad. I mean, What a fucking maniac. These are real emails uh, that Rudolph Giuliani released over a week ago. The media tried to ignore him, tried to call him Russian disinfo, but they now have uh, major whistleblowers that worked for Biden in their companies, like Bob Alinsky and others coming out and saying, no, I have the emails on the other side, and they've turned over the, the, the phones and computers that show this is indeed real. So, so the media, with nine days left, is just hoping they can block this out, but it's not working. You know, this is a sickness in this family. It goes beyond dysfunction. We can talk about the D.C. Volunteer Lawyers Project, which Joe Biden has raised money for, which uh, Hunter's ex-wife, Kathleen, runs, and the accusation. And I spoke to the mother of the teenage boy who was, she feels, propositioned in the courthouse bathroom and uh, potentially lured into a life of prostitution. Holy uh, shit. Inserts itself, court appointed lawyers in child custody and divorce cases. I didn't even know we can about talk this. About Joe Biden, you know, saying, I want to see the girls dance in four years. 
or, or whatever it was he said about the, the groping of Chris Coons's daughter, which Chris Coons looks the other way and pretends he doesn't see it. I mean, there's a real sickness going on here. And it's a sickness that we can't have in the White House. This is a crime family that has gone around the world and tried to enrich themselves by selling mm -hmm. And as a patriot, I can't think of anything more disturbing than knowing that it's our trying to tell you, man. country and they're selling their positions to the highest bidder to try to crush this country so that they can enrich themselves. It is I've been trying to tell you all for the longest time, ever since I had my channel. Going over this, though, I mean, she's purportedly, and I know some folks have tried to reach out to her, no response. Have, have you guys tried to reach out to her? We uh, have uh, uh, our uh, whistleblower who has, in fact, made contact with her and uh, received a confirmation of and, the, and has that uh, recording, uh, the, the reported recording. Uh, there are a number of recordings. There are a number of recordings. And if you look through these uh, these transcripts, yeah, go over um, some know, of the go over some of the. Transcripts yeah, let's go ahead and read it. Go over some of the diary. I mean, I was reading this <laughs> earlier. It was making my head spin. She says, was I molested? I think so. I can't remember specifics, but I do remember trauma. She speaks of being somewhat sexualized alongside someone named uh, Caroline. Now, we do know that she has a cousin named uh, Caroline. She describes uh, showers with my dad that were, quote, probably not appropriate. And all of this has made her uh, somebody who is hypersexualized and who feels that sex is something that she is using to try to deal with her trauma instead of drugs. Um, she, she describes a phone call from Joe Biden, according to our source, who cried on the phone, worried about her in the days leading up to the July 30th slash 31st Democrat primary debate. So this was very recently. Um, oh, I my dad, said up front. This is from during the whole campaign season. Yeah, 2019. My dad cried on the phone saying he has the debate in a week and now has to worry about um, her. And he cried. Maybe he knows what he is doing and it's worked. But my feelings of guilt often are overwhelming. Um, the, the theme of guilt just, you know, comes through over and over well, and over again. That's what happens with children that have been molested. They black it out. And they always have guilt. Well, let's 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 go back to this in a moment. Let me ask the big question. Providence of this. The media spent over the last 10 days. Oh, Giuliani, what's your providence? He has the emails. He's gone to the people that received the emails, confirmed that he has the laptop shop. He has uh, the lawyer for Hunter Biden, you know, confirming, OK, this is ours. Democrats have had to admit that. Now they try to spend his Russian disinfo, but it's not working. Now Biden just says, don't attack my family. Well, don't use your family uh, as bagmen. But if you look at Hunter, the drug addict behavior, kicked out of the Navy, the crack. <laughs> the watch uh, the children sign. Emails was oh, dead. Hey, God. I've been caught naked with children. Uh, you have the New York Post saying we can't publish these 25,000 emails. It's child porn. And when the media fact checked us reporting, they went, oh, Jones claims the Republicans have all this child porn that was on Hunter Biden's laptop. But Jones wants them to publish it committing a crime. Oh, so wait a minute. They've got child porn, but I want you to publish it to commit a crime. Obviously, I don't want that. I don't want it blurred out. And so this was with the FBI for a year. Now it's been back to the state police uh, with, with the Bidens uh, there in Delaware, back to the FBI again. So. Because that stone wall is there, we have to investigate. I mean, it's the Democrats with not a shred of proof said Trump was in uh, Russian hotels being urinated on. And, 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 and all these incredible lies all turned out to be fake. But here we are with real emails that are confirmed to be real. And now this bombshell drops. What from your sources is the providence? How did they, I mean, you told me, but can you talk about on air how they were able to, to score this giant coup 
of getting this diary? The physical copy of the diary itself was left behind at a place that Ashley Biden had been living. And again, they're famous people. What do they think people do? Just like Biden, I've gone to I've gone to computer places and signed the contract. If you don't pay the bill within three to six months, depends on the place. Usually three to six months. We own it. We can we can format it. We can do whatever we want. And then they got to check what's on it before they sell it to wipe it. I mean, and that it's on record. That's where he went. They have the signatures. So again, these are just rich, powerful kids that do whatever they want, and they're just strewning all this stuff everywhere like they're not going to be held accountable. So it is their arrogance that is their undoing. I believe that's absolutely right. And the the brazenness with which they do it, the, the fact that they think they're untouchable, even as they are miserable, but they think they're untouchable at the top and they have contempt for the people and they don't take us seriously and they hate us and they think that we're below them. And so they underestimate us and they underestimate people uh, who are digging for the truth. But I don't think they underestimate Alex Jones. I don't think they underestimate me anymore. That's uh, for sure. Well, that's a problem. I like to be on the radar because it's not fun being attacked. But we're doing what we have to do. Other folks are scared of this. Here is my nomination for just purely the weirdest and most surprising news story of the day. This is a story that Michael Schmidt broke in the New York Times. And when I read this in the New York Times today, every single word of it was completely new to me, completely out of the blue. I was muted right there for a minute, but I just want to bring to you Rachel Maddow, the mainstream perspective on the the subject. Investigation to who for what got stolen? What do they have to say? This is all completely news to me. Here's the headline today in the Times. Quote, people tied to Project Veritas scrutinized in theft of diary from Biden's daughter. What? See the subhead there. The FBI carried out search warrants in New York as part of a Justice Department investigation into how pages from Ashley Biden's journal came to be published by a right-wing website. The theft of a diary from the daughter of President Biden? Here's how Michael Schmidt and the Times um, today explained. What yeah, Rance hit with a really good um, intro there. The and I was on mute on accident. Apparently, uh, some random right-wing website published images, published pictures of handwritten pages from what appeared to be the personal diary of President Biden's daughter, Ashley. Listen to how they frame it. It's always so emotional, so desperate. General William Barr opened an investigation it's like the shortly after straw man appeals the family reported to know. federal authorities in October 2020 that several of Ms. Biden, Ms. Biden's personal items had been stolen in a burglary. Well, 
Now, today, in an investigation that The Times says is being handled by FBI agents and federal prosecutors in Manhattan who work on public corruption matters, today, in conjunction with that investigation, two homes were searched by the FBI, an apartment on East 35th Street in Manhattan and a property in suburban Westchester County, just north of New York City. Both properties are associated with the right-wing activist group Project Veritas, which put out a statement today after The Times broke its story you know, denouncing the fact that the FBI had carried out these searches, but also confirming that they'd happened, also confirming that the group had had something to do with the handling of this stolen item. But again, I mean, considering what the stolen item is here, this is kind of nuts, is it not? A burglary that results in the president's daughter having... It wasn't a burglary. Stolen. It the was left at the place on a right-wing she was website. staying at. Now the FBI is raiding verified members this. of this right-wing group. And the right-wing group admits that their members had access to this thing that was stolen from the president's daughter? What? If this were a movie, you would have walked out by now. Because this would have been too outlandish to She's believe. She's like low-key lesbian hot, too though. too fictional to even pass muster. As reality, I might smash. unbelievable. Joining us now is Michael Schmidt, Washington correspondent for the New York Times, who's the lead byline on this. Oh, Schmidt, look at this beta mail. Beta! Um, am I misconstruing any of this or missing any important part of it? I will confess that I had no idea that Ashley Biden's diary had been stolen, that pieces of it ended up circulating in the right-wing press before the election. This was all new to me. Man, I, I got to get Jesse Lee wrong? Peterson on here. I would love no, it. I think the, the biggest thing that stands out to me about this is that this comes out 10 days before the 2020 election. This was a period of time in which Donald Trump was trying to do everything he could to undermine the Biden children. We had the entire Hunter laptop issue <laughs> flying around Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, they're just focused on his children. It, this came out and very few people oh picked up God. on it. But at the heart of it and what is emerging could be one of the dirtiest tricks that went on against sort of innocent bystanders in the entire 2020 election. For real, bro? Was someone who had a low profile, was a child of one of the candidates and, oh my god, I haven't seen this. This is my first time. The diary was stolen and it was put online. Now, it didn't receive a ton of public attention and there's there's good reason why it didn't, but it is a pretty significant thing that I certainly have seen in all the ups and downs and backs and forths of the past few years. It's incredible. Um and it, I mean, again, because so, so much of this is new to the public right now because nobody knew this had happened. Um, what can you tell us about? Once again, a year itself? old story. This it's not a burglary. You've been bitch. a run of the mill property crime that had nothing to do with Ms. Biden's <laughs> family relations. Or They're going to do everything they can they to make this seem like Watergate a politically and motivated effort. Do we know anything about the initial crime here? So we are early in our own sort of fact finding on this, and we're still sort of feeling our way through it. All that that we really know about the burglary is that there was a burglary. It was in 2020. Personal items were taken. So things beyond this uh, were taken. We don't know what else was there. And that 
when a representative of the Biden family went to the Justice Department in October of 2020, they reported that this burglary had happened in the course of explaining to them what was going it's on. It's not a that burglary. Began she left in October it. of 2020 before Election Day of that year. And as you were reading off, that's under Attorney General William Barr, who also opened up the Matt Gates investigation um, in this period of time as well. And Michael, you and your colleagues um, mentioned today in your reporting that this investigation is being handled by FBI agents, but also by prosecutors who work on public corruption matters. Is this a public corruption matter um, because of the way the purloined items were used, effect, uh, apparently to try to, the to, to cause some sort of political harm to President Biden? Or is it a public corruption Double matter? Speak? Uh, what are they doing? Other reason? Do we know? I'm not sure, but what I think is here and is is important to point out is, and Project Veritas raised this issue in in the statement that they put out today, and I is almost certainly something that the Justice Department had to wrestle with here is that Project Veritas sees themselves as a journalistic outfit. They think they're a journalistic organization, and if you they are, are they're not profit. They have not profit like accreditation. NBC or the Washington Post. You have to prove Times, that the go- the government in its investigating of you has to treat you. Um, not differently, but there's different requirements and thresholds and levels that things have to go through when moving forward with an investigation. It's hard to think of the Justice Department executing search warrants at the homes of reporters for local newspapers. But here you had the Justice Department moving, executing search warrants at the homes of current and former employees of Project Veritas. So it does not seem like, at least from what we know, we saw earlier Veritas looking for the outside in, their characterization the of this is looking at Project Veritas in this instance as a journalistic outfit, because it's hard to believe that the Justice Department would take such an extreme measure executing search warrants on reporters. Right. And it should be noted that Project Veritas itself does not claim to have been the entity that published this stolen material. Um, In fact, they say say that they they basically tried to verify it, could not verify it, and then tried to return it to... Well, National File just came out and said they verified it today. They had it, and they essentially didn't do anything with it. And since the FBI is looking at it, it exists, people. This is real. In that area. Again, this is we're talking about the personal diary of the president's daughter stolen Who cares? and published by a right wing website right before Fucking, the election. You take my diary. You think I want to give a shit? Like, I literally wouldn't group. give a shit. Um, to try it would to sound like just like every other Americans came from. sob just story. They think they live through. story. Michael Schmidt and his colleagues at The New York Times are the ones who broke this today. Michael, I know that. All right. There we go. We're winding up. We're winding down this evening. Project Veritas released another video. I'm going to show you to end the night to give you guys a little bit of framing the kind of world we're in, the dystopia we're in, where the freedom of speech is really not what we think it is. Certain books like Fahrenheit 451 and 1984, really, um, for my generation, those were kind of the books that we looked to to unfortunately predict a sad future for us but here project veritas james o'keefe dropped this video let me see when he dropped it yesterday i think 
This was in response to all of this. This is a reading from Orwell's 1984 by James O'Keefe. Book 2, Chapter 9. And right after this, we're going to end the show. But I really, really encourage you to watch this because it's very profound. It's very deep. And you tell me whether you think this is a disingenuous news organization or not. Tell me where you think their heart is. A reading from the Book of Orwell, Book 2, Chapter 9. And if it is necessary to rearrange one's memories or to tamper with written records, then it is necessary to forget that one has done so. The trick of doing this can be learned like any other mental technique. It is learned by the majority of party members and certainly by all who are intelligent as well as orthodox. In old speak, it is called, quite frankly, reality control. In new speak, it is called doublethink, though doublethink comprises much else as well. Doublethink means the power of holding two contradictory beliefs in one's mind simultaneously and accepting both of them. The party intellectual knows in which direction his memories must be altered. He therefore knows that he is playing tricks with reality. But by the exercise of doublethink, he also satisfies himself that reality is not violated. The process has to be conscious, or it would not be carried out with sufficient precision. But it also has to be unconscious, or it would bring with it a feeling of falsity and hence of guilt. Doublethink lies at the very heart of Insoc, since the essential act of the party is to use conscience deception while retaining the firmness of purpose that goes with complete honesty. To tell deliberate lies while genuinely believing in them. To forget any fact that has become inconvenient, and then when it becomes necessary again, to draw it back from oblivion for just so long as it is needed. To deny the existence of objective reality, and all the while to take account of this reality which one denies. All this is indispensably necessary. Even in using the word doublethink, it is necessary to exercise doublethink, for by using the word, one admits that one is tampering with reality. By a fresh act of doublethink, one erases this knowledge, and so on indefinitely, with the lie always one leap ahead of the truth. Ultimately, it is by means of doublethink that the party has been able, and may, for all we know, continue to be able for thousands of years to arrest the course of history. All past oligarchies have fallen from power either because they ossified or because they grew soft. Either they became stupid and arrogant, failed to adjust themselves to changing circumstances and were overthrown, or they became liberal and cowardly, made concessions when they should have used force, and once again were overthrown. They fell, that is to say, either through consciousness or through unconsciousness. It is the achievement of the party to have produced a system of thought in which both conditions can exist simultaneously, and upon no other intellectual basis could the dominion of the party be made permanent. If one is to rule, and to continue ruling, one must be able to dislocate the sense of reality. For the secret of rulership is to combine the belief in one's own infallibility with the power to learn from past mistakes. It need hardly be said that the subtlest practitioners of doublethink are those who invented doublethink and know that it is a vast system of mental cheating. In our society, those who have the best knowledge of what is happening are also those who are furthest from seeing the world as it is. In general, the greater the understanding, the greater the delusion. The more intelligent, the less sane. 
One clear illustration of this fact is that war hysteria increases in intensity as one rises in the social scale. Those whose attitude towards war is most nearly rational are the subject of peoples of disputed territories. To these people, the war is simply a continuous calamity which sweeps to and fro over the bodies like a tidal wave. Which side is winning is a matter of complete indifference to them. They are aware that a change of overlordship simply means they will be doing the same work as before for new masters who treat them in the same manner as the old ones. The slightly more favored workers who we call the proles are only intermittently conscious of the war. When it is necessary, they can be prodded into frenzies of fear and hatred. But when left to themselves, they are capable of forgetting for long periods the war is happening. It is in the ranks of the party, and above all, the inner party, that the true war enthusiasm is found. World conquest is believed in most firmly by those who know it to be impossible. This peculiar linking together of opposites, knowledge with ignorance, cynicism with fanaticism, is one of the chief distinguishing marks of the oceanic society. The official ideology abounds with contradictions even when there is no practical reason for them. Thus, the party rejects and vilifies every principle for which the socialist movement originally stood. And it chooses to do this in the name of socialism. It preaches a contempt for the working class, unexampled for centuries past, and it dresses its members in a uniform which is at one time peculiar to manual workers and was adopted for that reason. It systematically undermines the solidarity of the family, and it calls its leader by a name which is a direct appeal to the sentiment of family loyalty. Even the names of the four ministries by which we are governed exhibit a sort of imprudence in their deliberate reversal of the facts. The Ministry of Peace concerns itself with war. The Ministry of Truth with lies. The Ministry of Love with torture. And the Ministry of Plenty with starvation. These contradictions are not accidental, nor do they result from ordinary hypocrisy. They are deliberate exercises in doublethink. For it is only by reconciling contradictions that power can be retained indefinitely. In no other way could the ancient cycle be broken. If human equality is to be forever averted, if the high, as we call them, are to keep their places permanently, then the prevailing mental condition must be controlled insanity. But then there is one question, which until this moment, we have almost ignored. It is, why should human equality be averted? Supposing that the mechanics of the process have been rightfully described, what is the motive for this huge, accurately planned effort to freeze history at a particular moment in time? Hence, we reach the central secret. As we have seen, the mystique of the party, and above all, the inner party, depends upon doublethink. But deeper than this lies the original motive, the never-question instinct that first led to the seizure of power and brought doublethink, the thought police, continuous warfare, and all the other necessary paraphernalia into existence afterwards. This motive really consists... Winston became aware of silence, as one becomes aware of a new sound. It seemed to him that Julia had been very still for some time. She was lying on her side, naked from the waist upwards, with her cheek pillowed on her hand and one dark lock tumbling across her eyes. Winston had still, he reflected, not learned the ultimate secret. He understood how, he did not understand why. Chapter one, like chapter three, had not actually told him anything he did not know. It had merely systematized the knowledge that he possessed already. But after reading it, he knew better than before that he was not mad. 
being in a minority, even a minority of one, did not make you mad. There was truth and there was untruth. If you cling to the truth, even against the whole world, you were not mad. A yellow beam from the sinking sun slanted in through the window and fell across the pillow. He shut his eyes. The sun on his face and the girl's smooth body touching his own gave him a strong, sleepy, confident feeling. He was safe. Everything was all right. He fell asleep murmuring. Sanity is not statistical. With the feeling that this remark contained in it a profound wisdom. Thank you for joining me on Cosmic Radio this evening. Give me that like, comment, share, subscribe. Let me know what you think about Project Veritas and this story, if it's going to be a big deal. If you might think it, I think this could lead to Biden stepping down to get Kamala in, like with this dementia, in addition to his can't act right in front of women and children. This story, they're going to try to weaponize the FBI against them, but we'll see how it plays out. I don't know if the FBI is going to get the W on this one. I think they're an organization that is very close to being, what's the word? They're very close to being abolished. They're very close. Like, they are so unpopular that I can see Americans at a certain point, maybe two or three years from now, really advocating to get rid of them because they're nothing but a domestic spy surveillance organization. You saw that at Kenosha with Kyle Rittenhouse. Now they're trying to enforce this weird shit about this diary with Ashley Biden that she confirmed. She confirmed it to this organization that had her diary. The organization that made copies of it, she confirmed it to that organization with no ill will. There's no lawsuits against that organization. Then you see Rachel Maddow trying to do damage control on her own. It did not work. But that's the Ashland, Ashley Biden story in truth, in full, all the evidence to date. And when there's more, we might talk about it here on Cosmic Radio. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Hasta